Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. BTF boys are back. My name's Kane. I'm Isa. I'm Sanj. The newbie. I am. Today we're going to talk about money and how it's very taboo or not spoken about in conversations, especially around family and friends. So do you have something to speak on, Issa, around that or maybe an involvement in that kind of situation? Yeah, so I think I spent a little bit of time chasing an egg-shaped ball around. Um, soccer. soccer. F- played soccer for 10 years. Um, Warriors? Warriors. Warriors, New Zealand Warriors soccer. Um, but stepping away from that whole industry and into finance was a big learning curve for myself. But then what I did find was as I got comfortable and um, I guess more knowledgeable in the area, I found family reaching out um, and discussing finance with me and even their own situation in even my parents. And I think what I did realize over... that sort of scenario and through personal experiences we hadn't talked about it in general um, before that time and this is where I find the subject really interesting because you sort of strip it right back and uh, think about why is it not talked about more Um, and you know this is probably a really common question across you know around the world or across all of New Zealand yeah, I think, and Sanji, you jump in here, but I think um, maybe being a parent, is it normally taboo to speak to your kids around your personal financial situation? So let's say one of your boys come to you and say, hey, Dad, um, tell me what, how much we owe on our mortgage. What would your response be normally to that? I'd probably back the truck up a little bit um, to where I sort of come from growing up in Sri Lanka. Um, my parents now never sort of talked about my parents talked about saving money but never talked about how never talked about investing and d- didn't know anything about it yeah it's all about saving um, coming back to the question you asked me if my when my kids come and ask me what we owe or what we earn and all that kind of stuff we're pretty open about it okay the reason being that I never got the opportunity to discuss that that with my parents yeah. and I feel that that's my responsibility to make sure that we give our kids the, the foundation for them to actually go and become better yeah. um, at it. Yeah. It's a life skill. I think it's a life skill. And I think it's a, it's definitely a generational thing, right? Yep. You go back, you know, quite a few decades back and those parents would not be discussing anything with their kids, I would say, about their own personal situations because whether it's shame or not wanting them to give too much knowledge into what it is um, and their own personal situation, it was very much sweep under the rug. And I'll, I'll bring up a prime, I suppose, um, position in this, is that if you are with your friends and you're at a barbecue, what's the most common thing that is talked about? Property. Exactly. Does anyone talk about income? No, no. And, yeah, this is, this is you know, a huge talking point. I guess why we're talking about it, it's, um, you know, there's, I guess, a lot of people might feel shame about their own finances, about their own situation, um, whether right or wrong, uh, that people might feel guilt about their situation, whether they um, there's 
you know, whether they feel like they're being way overpaid um, for something that they're doing or feel that they're being way underpaid for something that they're doing. So there's so many layers to this. I think, you know, tacking on to what Sanj is talking about, I think, you know, the whole parents' generation or the parents' parents' generation grew up in very different times. You know, the, the world has changed massively in the last hundred years. Um, you know, history has shown that technology's changed a lot in our in our lifetime um you know where our parents parents really thinking about investing um you know 50 80 100 years ago mm. there was always levels of it but again through everyone's upbringing um would be so different around to i guess those major influences such as your parents how they thought about money and how that rubbed off on you here's a couple of cool stats taken by um a survey by um one of the major banks here that 69% of people under 30 wanted to know more about how to save and how to invest for their future, which is pretty damn high, right? 77% of those people felt that they could be doing a lot better than what they're currently doing. And then 41% of people between the age of 18 and 30 were completely embarrassed about talking about their financial situation. Now, if you're not willing to talk to anybody, how can you learn or get better? Well, I think all those stats that you've just shared, if you think of it... They weren't your rugby tackling stats either. No, they're way too low. <laughs> um, what you know, People have access to those stats now. People have access to so much more information. There's a library at your fingertips um, through Google and the accessibility of information and knowledge and the sharing of information has literally been transformed in the last 15 years or more so since the internet um, you know, came, came about. So like people have access to so much more of this now. You, 30 years ago, there was no internet and people didn't have access like that. So it was in front of their mind. Now, through social media alone, on any given day, you see the lifestyles of the rich and the famous. You see people living outside their means or you see a facade online but that people now look at mm. and i think that's where money is now such a hot talking point and you know front of conversation because it's in front of us all the time um mm. that might still not change those real underlying issues and i think linda moore the money mentalist who has been on this podcast many times has always talked about this um and that the majority of people's thoughts about money are always shaped by via their parents yeah mm-hmm. definitely and if that's put in a little black box and buried at the, de- the depth of the ocean, mm. your kid is never going to be open. Yeah, and imagine if all you've heard growing up is um, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you know, there is no money, there is no savings. You know, you're going to be shaped by that thinking. And Linda, you know, talked to us a lot about why the subject is so taboo. Majority of times it comes back to the generational thoughts of parents or those real close influences around you. Then she also said, she said, she said in times that, if there was an uncle or if there was an auntie that had their own business or did something or did something differently, that just sparks that other sort of light in um, people's heads growing up. But it all comes down to, a lot of it comes down to your sort of upbringing. And I think, Sanj, going back to some of the stats that I read out, like 77% felt they could be doing better with their money and then 69% were obviously wanting to save or understand how to invest for the future, imagine how much that actually impact your mental health too, if you felt that you weren't in a position where you should be, but you couldn't talk to anyone about it. Mm. It's quite interesting, eh? I, and I go back to, I believe, and I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, researched and proven is that your early education or the foundation of your education is actually done at schools and then on to universities and so on and so forth. 
Um, I think the schools are starting it now, but for a long, long period, um, financial education was not in the education sector. Yeah. Um, Still not, not in a lot of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And then, um, but schools have been talking about mental health for the last 10 years. Mm. Now I know, like, I've got a 13-year-old boy. He comes home and he talks about mental, mental health and so on. They got counsellors and all that kind of stuff. They, they got career counsellors. What about finance? Yeah. That's where the education starts. Um, when you get to your 20s, 30s, and so on, those habits are already formed, good or bad, um, around financial yeah. education. Um, so if you start early, then when they come to the age of 19, 20, 25, I think it's a little bit easier to, to actually start doing yeah. you know, what they should be doing. So I'm actually not surprised at all with those, um, those stats. What's interesting, what's the number, probably the biggest purchase you'll ever do in your life and most people going completely blind around the process and how it works mm -hmm. is buying a house. How many times, Lisa, do you, in a really good way, have to educate people through that process to understand that? Oh, well, it's it's 95% of the time in reality. Um, and if someone's left in the dark then on that and they're going to buy something so big and almost they feel like a noose is going to be around their neck for life, if you don't know what you're doing, no wonder it's going to play a toll on your, your health or your mental well-being. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, often um, if you look across sort of families and dynamics and structures, usually there's always one dominant figure. And, you know, if they feel like the, you know, back in the old days, you know, um, you know, older parents' times is life. You know, the father went to work, the mother stayed at home. Like, the, you know, there's still a lot of, if that comes through in society, then there's always one that probably lumps the burden as being the breadwinner even more so. And, you know, probably feels the financial, uh, sorry, the mental health side of things even more so than the other partner. So again, when, if someone bottles it up and doesn't understand what they're doing and hasn't asked for help, I guess that's where we always try and educate a lot to give them the power to, I guess, not have that financial stress in their lives. It is still stressful. There's always pressures, but at least they have a better understanding of what they're going into and not blind. I do wonder where technology comes into this in a good and a bad way. So if you look at like FinTech, which is a real vibrant vibe, cool, fun to be a part of type movement or um, be involved in, a lot of that is then linked to technology, which automates a lot of the process for you, like um, investment platforms, um, digital wallets, all that kind of stuff. So I wonder if, yes, it works in a way where FinTech vibe opens you up to talk about money, and finances but then also to close it off from you learning anything because there has been a lot of movement in that tech space to automate some processes there oh look absolutely also don't forget that with those um, online wallets and all that kind of stuff it's very easy to buy things right yeah um, and and you've got your credit cards it's easy access to buy things easy access to see what's out there after and if, pay. absolutely after pay and if you don't have the right behaviors around your financial management geez you're not going to save much. Um, that's yeah. when you have to sort of make the choice. Am I going to have a house or am I going to have my avocados? Yeah. Is there a chance of you getting both? I was ran exactly. I was randomly talking to um, a family friend the other day and they were telling me years and years ago out of school, racked up five grand on a credit card that had sort of been given to them as they left school by their bank, right? <laughs> and obviously the limit had increased over time. They didn't understand that they eventually had to pay that back. Mm. And the toll that that took to recuperate and pay that back was a long, long time because mm. the income wasn't there to start with. Mm. 
these type of things probably are phasing out from lenders where they're not allowed to do that anymore around sort of predatory loaning, but it has a factor from someone at an early age moving forward too, right? Well, how many kids leave school knowing how a credit card works? Zero. Yeah. So, no you know, the, those changes, what you were talked about in the school curriculum and it's starting younger, um, if you were some of the lucky few that had good influences in your life through your whole schooling life, um, then maybe you have a good understanding of it. The majority don't. So then it sort of goes way back to talking about money in schools, but then other teachers, they're comfortable mm. talking about it and how has it mm. come across. That's why I really take my hat off to... Um, uh, some of the schools out there in New Zealand that do have money matters topics mm-hmm. and and really teaching them about uh, those real fundamentals about how do you work out a discount? How do you walk into a store and see a discount? How does that work? What is a credit card and how does it work? Um, understanding what debt is. Um, there's schools out there that are currently doing that and you know that's influencing those younger people at a younger age to, I guess, talk about money which then, you know, you can raise the topic around is it going to be taboo in their lives growing up? And I wouldn't pin it just to schooling or education either. You think about the corporate world. Mm. So many people earning really good income there, incomes, but have no idea about their financial situation and either how good or bad they are doing. Mm. And because they might not want to talk to their peers or their family or friends about it, they can't compare anything. Mm. And they might see someone, like you're talking about influencers on Instagram, have this flashy car, nice new bags, shit's on Afterpay or um, <laughs> HP or whatever, you know, with big bills and GST. But they don't see it. They just see nice things and think, oh, shit, they must be doing all right. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that you see doesn't seem to, like when you sort of really sort of dig deep, it's not what it is, isn't it? And the other thing also is uh, sort of picking up on what you talked about. Um, even the, the education stuff that you're getting to our kids, it's you know, quite a bit of the time it's actually about managing risk rather than actually growing the money or making sure the money works for you in, in, into the into the long future i think that's where we really need to sort of people need to go and talk to an expert who knows who understands what it's about it's not just saving or it's not just you know paying your bills it's yeah. more than that um you know the who knows in, down the track we may not have the the super schemes and so on we need to look after our own selves i yeah. give you that option down the track that you can be Comfortable, have, comfortable, and having those options. Yeah. The only way to do it is to actually one to expose yourself to these these theories and and uh, and behaviors now, so that it's not you're just paying your bills. You're actually looking after yourself into the future. Yeah, and I, I think the stereotype of people thinking, oh, you know, if I need to go see an investment my advisor, I need to have two hundred and fifty grand. You know, the stereotype of I need a lot of money to engage someone's service. Is not the case at all. You look at the tech platforms we've talked about, Sharesies, Hatch, Stake, these type of platforms, you can go on just as minimum as $50 and you can learn, but you will create, I suppose there is risk around it, but there also, also too is some education in that piece for them. Yeah. I, th- I think there's so many great tools out there that can help people. Um, I think even if you don't have influence out there, um, there's a lot of external influences, If you even if you haven't had it in your life. I think... At the end of the day, the person has to want to do it. Yeah. The person involved has to be vulnerable enough to ask for help, mm-hmm. um, vulnerable enough to put their hand up and take responsibility for the situation they're in, even if it is dire and a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to, they've actually got to put their hand up and take responsibility for that. You know, sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they go up again, um, or some people just realize they're not on the perfect path and take responsibility and ask for help. That 
is single-handedly one of the hardest things to do. Can I ask you something, Ace? How many times have you sat with a couple or an individual and they've come to see you with whatever goals they had in mind and they will say something in front of their partner or, or, or to you by themselves that they've never spoken openly before and they admit that and they leave in such a better place? Oh, yeah, multiple times. That happens a lot in, mm. um, when, when couples come in to sit down with them. They haven't agreed on why they're actually at the meeting <laughs> so obviously the meeting is a starting point because often it's the first time they've talked about it but they've taken that step to talk to an advisor or to reach out and ask for help and you know often encourage them you know go and do this again and go and get advice from you know multiple parties before you feel comfortable sitting with that person that you're putting a lot of trust in um, but many times I've sat with people that um, you know, haven't talked about it amongst themselves. It's really scary for people, though. It really is. Yeah. And it can be something that someone just doesn't want to deal with. So with your life skills, Sanj, especially in what you did before coming on to Money Empire, what would be some maybe words of wisdom or knowledge that you would give people to actually breach that gap around getting the taboo out of the word finance? Yeah, look, I think, just like you said, there's a lot of information out there, which is great. Um, but you've got to be a pretty special person to sort of sift through all that information and get the right advice or the, the right pathway, so to speak. The best way to do it is actually to talk to someone, someone who's got the experience, someone who's qualified to actually sit down with you and talk through what you want to achieve and then, you know, come up with a tailored solution. That goes back to, you know, if you're sick, you're not going to well, you probably shouldn't Google what's wrong with you. Well, you, know, you can, I know, I know you do and you can, but the best option is to go to a doctor, same with mental health. If you've got a mental health issue, you go to a, a counsellor or a clinical psychologist. It's the same thing with finance. Mm. You go and talk to a person who knows what they're talking about, mm. who's got the experience and the qualifications to actually support you and advise you. Just, I, I think it's just simple as that. Just reaching out and talking to someone. And I'll put that back on New Zealanders where... For so long, New Zealand hasn't held personal finance in high regard as a specialist or as an industry where you should go talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And maybe it has been ridden by some issues in the past, but as we're changing ESA and jump in here around new regulations, a financial advisor now, depending on what category they're in, can really, really help you. Yeah, you know... Um we get calls often, you know, from clients that are sitting on the beach having a, you know, discussion with their spouses and we'll just call to get that, you know, extra set of eyes around a certain uh, situation. And I think that's where uh, financial advisors um, in their own right are coming to the forefront a lot more, um, especially around that real niche space around advice. You know, you can't get that from tech or a machine or a, or a new app, but if there's someone that you feel comfortable discussing things with, someone that's knowledgeable in the right area, then, you know, that is going to come to the front even more, um, you know, as we see from our cousins across the ditch. Mm-hmm. And just, sorry, just to add to that is also everyone's personal situation is quite different. Yeah, so different. A, a machine can't come up with the solution, generally can't come up with that solution. Um, some You need to sit down with someone and look at what's my short-term goals, well, medium-term, long-term, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And when you do that, then the chances are you'll come to a good solution. Yeah. Um, so the best thing to do is to talk to someone who knows, who can sit down with you and tailor something for your own, own needs. Agree. And I think technology will never give you empathy. 
<laughs> yeah. like a human will. Yeah. So talking to someone is always going to make you feel a bit better yep. and maybe put you in a better position just by a conversation over a coffee yeah. than what you arrived in. Well, you probably need to kick up your bum. Yeah. Well, that is it. Yeah. Ace is nodding away here. You need to kick up the ass. <laughs> hey, sometimes people just <laughs> really need the truth. Mm. And, you know, the truth hurts or the truth is like quite eye-opening, but at times they've just got to hear it. Um, if you keep... Um, tiptoeing around the issue then you know as an advisor you've just got to be really straight up and clear with clients and maybe they have to you know take a step back to go forward but unless they hear that truth up front um, depending on their situation you know I always say to peak clients um, you know fast forward 12 months you're either taking a forward step taking a backward step or having this exact same conversation all over again Um, and I think it's a good way to look forward in any walks of life but especially around finance because you know, as we all like to do with, in human nature is to procrastinate. But, you know, 12 months time, you'll either be one step ahead, one step backwards, you're in the same spot. Anything else, gents, you want to add to this before we wrap this up? Look, I, I, think, I think that it's like anything else in life, right? The earlier you start, it's, given, it's going to give you more time to actually come up with solutions and actually have those good behaviors. So start now. Um, tomorrow, probably be too late. Yeah. Proactive, reactive, isn't there two types, Goran? Oh, Goran. Isa? Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, man. Goran's off sick today, people. Um, anything else, Isa? Nah, I think number one, hardest thing to do, just reach out and ask for help. Awesome. Listeners, as always, uh, we're always here for a chat, Zoom, coffee in person, whatever it may be. Um, if you've got any questions, email us, jump on our social handles. We're always around and always behind the mic. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.